Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher, joined by Chris Monier, Kyle Simmons, and uh, yeah, I finally, Chris and I finally kind of got a website up this week. I know we've sent you to <laughs> Chris it. Chris and it's I, a it's all Blake. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I needed some help. Uh, I'm not, despite being I think a project the manager. Bones, for a, the bones of the site I originally did and just never yes. finished. Right. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yep. Yes. It's a little Chris credit. did the bones. I went in there and did some cleanup. Uh, and then had to ask Chris to go do some more cleanup. Despite me being a project manager for an agency that builds websites, I don't actually know how to build websites. Wait, um, but you did project so, manage me, didn't you? I did kind of project manage you, didn't I? <laughs> That's actually kind of true. All right. Well, good to know. I'm not terrible at my job. So anyway, Just, we have a website, <laughs> uh, website findingemailpod.com. Uh, there's a couple things you can do there. One you can go sign up for our newsletter. We don't like send newsletters very much, but if we do something fun or cool, like we thought we've kicked around doing like, like a live episode where people could be in the chat with us and stuff. Uh, so if we do something like that, we'd send you an email and let you know about it. Uh, we're not going to spam you uh, or anything, but uh, that's a thing you can do if you, if you're into the podcast. And uh, the other thing you can do on that, if you're interested is uh, we've got kind of this weird pilot episode of another idea of a podcast we're, we're trying. We're just kicking a can, seeing what it does. But you've got to message us. Uh, it's not actually on the homepage. So message us on like Facebook or Instagram or email us at info at finding emo pod and we'll send you that link. And uh, you can check it out. It's, it's about movies, uh, like kind of what we do here, but for movies. So uh, give us a shout if you're interested in checking that out and telling us what you think. So Today, back to the Finding Emo podcast that we do here on this show, uh, we are doing the 2002 album by Good Charlotte, entitled The Young and the Hopeless, and Chris did the quote-unquote research for this one. Chris, take it away. You guys, The Young and the Hopeless. <laughs> yes. 2002. That's all I did. Is that is that enough information to go on? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. <laughs> it seems... what, a, what a time. October 2002, me. one year after the terrorist attacks, you know, life was kind of crazy. Um, pop punk was getting big blink 182, lots of big bands. Um, good Charlotte's had debuted their album self-titled in the year 2000 did not sell as well as the label had hoped. They had that big single little things, uh, went on tour, some big bands. As a matter of fact, I saw them. Um, I, I know Kyle was at that show. Uh, good Charlotte opening for MXPX. MXPX. Oh yeah, man. That was a good freaking show. I was like right <laughs> down in the pit. I remember that getting smashed up against the banister. Um, and I gave my demo to uh, to Benji. Uh, no, no. The other one, Joel. The Joel? Uh, yeah. They're, t- they're twins. It's hard to know. Yeah. Hey, in all fairness, they are very similar looking. Um, they are. So while promoting the self-titled album, they met Eric Valentine, who would be the producer of Young and Helpless. Um Joel Madden, he, he came out right and said he wanted a hit record. He wanted to do something big, and he thought Valentine could help out with that. Boy, howdy, did he deliver. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I you know The unsung hero of the record, or maybe sung hero, is Josh Fries of the Vandals, who was brought in as a session drummer because Good Charlotte was in between drummers. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I will probably talk about Great Link, that the drums on this record are just amazing. Um, it's a good time to be between well, drummers. He stuck around for a while too, right? I think he played with them a little. You know, Fries is kind of a a free agent. Like he just plays with anyone and let him okay. play with him. Right. I mean, he's played with the offspring and, um, perfect. Circle. I saw that in the member, in the member stuff, it said oh, yeah, that their drummer joined like that September before the album came out. So, right, right. They, they might've done Chris some Wilson. stuff. Like, yeah. 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 
Um, you know, they said that nothing about the record was really premeditated. They were just having fun and trying to make a good record. Um, you know, you know they went into it mm. kind of coming out with the positive and negative and, um, that, you know, they just tried to let it take its own direction in the studio. Um, uh, it was of course a major, major commercial success being certified platinum three times. That's huge in this era, but, um, uh, for a punk, mm. punk record, especially a, a number two record, very big. Um, they, they did all kinds of touring to promote it. Um, uh, support slot with no doubt warp tour Honda civic tour with less than Jake and MXPX. They did the tonight show. They did SNL. They did an arena tour, um, mixed reviews. Um, you know, there was some good MM, uh, NME wrote a positive review, uh, said the sudden extra fold of punk pops, cerebral cortex, the evolutionary leap into an unexpected maturity. Hmm. And then some bad stuff too. Um, uh, hey, I think. Pop- hold on, hold on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on. Because I think we should have a new segment called "Good Review, Bad Review." Okay, okay. okay. I already wrote this down. All right. Well, good review, bad review. Good, you yeah. use the good review I had written down too. So let's say bad review and let's hear yours because I would like okay. to hear it. The bad, this is a paragraph, and I'm reading the whole thing. Uh, Pop Matters writer Adrian Bigrand. Maybe if the band dropped all the pretense of their supposed punk aesthetic, from the spiky hair to the piercings, and actually wrote and produced albums that contain good, honest DIY substance and not this corporate rock soda pop garbage, then perhaps <laughs> they could find something a bit more pertinent to complain about. Mm. that's pretty brutal (laughs) it's brutal but what's funny is i think i actually disagree with both reviews yeah you know yeah the the guy saying good like saying that they bring maturity Uh, no i i completely disagree i mean okay okay here's where i think they're saying that from i think they're saying genre wise okay this is elevated above the the and fart jokes on Enema of the State, yeah. maybe, mm-hmm. or Take Off Your okay. Pants and Jacket, even that came out, I guess, right before this one, a year before. Um, so I, I, you know, I get that, but yeah, I mean, it's not they're not it's they're not dripping in maturity. Um, no, I wouldn't say. So it is funny. I mean, I just thought it'd be fun to because we always end up talking about. Normally, we end up talking about a bad review of the album that was wrong. Uh, and so I thought it'd be fun. We'll just try to find a good one and a bad one. And it's funny how music can't, it's just subjective. So, right. but most of these guys are, you know, this guy lives for, Adrian lives for writing mean stuff about albums. Like without, <laughs> without a doubt, <laughs> it's like prose. Yeah. Um, he does a pretty good job at it. So yeah, that's good review, bad review. Uh, and I think that we're probably somewhere in the middle of those two. I think that the, the good one's a little bit too, and the bad ones maybe, mm. I, I don't know. It's it's maybe too too mean. We'll say yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we think. Yes, what else, Chris? Up. Well, that that's about it. You know, Kyle brought up a good question before we started recording about budget. Um, there, it was hard to find any information about that. It There's sure not a sounds, lot of information about yeah, this. It sure sounds like a big a huge corporate, uh, well budgeted record. Eric Valentine, though, mm-hmm. not a huge star at the time. I don't know. Maybe he bankrolled a little bit of it and believed oh, in it. Oh, somebody sh- believed no, in it. No, I bet he just got points like crazy. I mean. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe he put extra time into it because of it. I- I'm not sure. Um, and he yeah. was interested in working with them. Right. I mean, I yeah, saw a quote he, from he him. He saw the forest through the trees, man. Yeah. He, 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 he knew it was coming, and he did it for points. I guarantee it. Uh, Wikipedia is a little bit unreliable with his discography. It, 
it mentions he works from with some bands that then I couldn't find in any like credits of discographies. So I'm not totally sure uh, how reliable it is, but yeah, I mean, he had done some, some pretty big records. He made some good scratch on this. This has got to be the biggest record he'd done at the time. And if he was getting points on it, then yeah, he did. He did great. He was fine. I don't listen to a lot of the kinds of records that Valentine produces though. It's not my, it's not my genre so much. If you go look at his album credits, it's, you know, it's a lot more of the, uh, just the stuff I didn't listen to as much. Um, but, but I think he's a good producer for sure. I mean, this album sounds really good. I, honestly, it sounds better than I remembered it sounding. That sounds weird, but, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what else, Chris? Any, any, is that really basically the, the bottom of the Wikipedia pit? Uh, well, you know, so a lot of times when we do some of these records, I can find old articles or especially the biggest re- records we do. I can find articles about like revisiting and the artist kind of talking about it. Um, I found a lot of stuff about, um, something corporate, like, you, you know, them kind of yeah. revisiting the record and talking about it. But like, I, oh, it's a bunch of BS for this record, man. Like, I think, yeah, I tried to like, look too. 10 years later, I, uh, he goes, uh, you know, Joel was like talking about the record. He's like, man, 2000s were weird. There weren't even smartphones yet. I mean, just, it's hard to top that insight. He's correct. There weren't even smartphones yet. <laughs> he, he, he is right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could not find, I couldn't Thanks, find a lot man. either. I was too busy being rich find... and on a yacht to have time to worry about his record anymore, I guess. So true. Um, we don't often do- uh, delve into the personal lives of, <laughs> of these fellas, but but we did. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because, like, I did not know until, what, a couple weeks ago that, uh, you know, what, Joel's married to Nicole Richie? Benji. And, oh, no, yeah, Joel's and then, married to Yeah, Benji. and then Benji's married to Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And uh, I would say they did all right. I mean, I think it this sounds really weird. Right. I'd be more excited about being Lionel Richie's son-in-law, honestly, than being married to Nicole Richie. I don't know anything about her, but wait, I, that didn't occur cool, to me right? till just now. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Right. Wow. And intimidating. Yeah. Cause he's awesome. Yeah. Would you try to take a family picture with him? Like the cover? <laughs> oh, like <laughs> at some point, like for yeah. a joke on Instagram, for sure. I would have to. <laughs> Do you guys or, watch the righteous uh, gemstones? at all no oh, okay well no it's on my list okay though. well there's yeah this guy he calls his father-in-law daddy and he goes we're not doing that i feel like that would be a moment between joel and Lionel Richie. <laughs> hey what do you think daddy <laughs> we're not doing that joel okay 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 that. too far i get it i get it <laughs> <laughs> okay well then let's talk about uh first impressions then uh kyle i think we're gonna go to you first what what were your first impressions of the albums back in, or the album back in the day <sighs> okay so my first impression was I loved it. It sounded great. Uh, I was 20 years old and these dudes were, these dudes were talking about things that, that were relevant to me at the time. And, um, and also I will say this, I, I think it's fair to state that we got one who, who's with, uh, you know, Nicole Richie, one with Cameron Diaz, I have, I have never heard anything but good things spoken about these dudes personally. Like they're just super duper nice guys. And I think that like there was something about them that felt fresh and genuine at the time. Upon re-listening, I kind of feel like they tackled this record lyrically almost, almost like, like a, like a hip hop artist, like 
going big and like talking about, you know, their struggles before this, like, and so it was relatable. Um, I don't want to throw too many spoilers about, you know, right. I'll, I'll say, but, but I'll just say this at the time it, it, uh, I thought it was awesome. I still think it sounds great. Um, and I was super into it. Uh, and especially like the anthem, you know, like I had never, the, there was, there was definitely kind of a, I don't know, kind of like a hip hop hooray vibe to it, you know, yeah. like there was something different. Um, and I thought it was awesome and, and it sounds so freaking good. So I instantly liked it and I will leave it at that. Okay. Chris, yeah. first impressions back in the 2002. Okay. Andy Loper gets There's in my car. There's too much grinning going on. I, well, because I remember, I remember Andy Loper getting in my car and he held up the CD. He's like, I got it. And I, I wasn't a big fan of theirs. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know they had an album come out. He's like, I complained about their dad again. I laughed so hard. And he popped it in. And I was like, what is this? This is not like that other record. Um, yeah. Dude, I really liked it. I kind of hated myself a little bit for liking it so much because they were kind of like mall pop punk and um you know yeah. i fancied myself a aficionado um but yeah they're hot topic uh, right yeah yeah uh but you know uh, uh, first four songs fifth song sixth song i mean until we got to the ballads i was like i was all about it man i was like this is a great pop punk record i, I really dig it um and um yeah I, I ended up listening to some of the songs quite a bit and uh, back then, you know, I was, uh, doing graphic design and I would list a one CD over and over like during a day and in my office on my because we didn't have MP3 players yet right, or iPhones. Right. Yeah. Um, and they I kept listening to this song and I kept, I kept listening to this album. I kept finding like little, little treasure trove, so, uh, little songs that I was like, Oh, that's, a, that's a great tune. It's a great tune. So uh, yeah, I ended up really liking it despite my wishes to not like it. Um, you know, but based on <laughs> me not wanting to be like a mall pop punk listener guy, yeah, man, I dug it. Hey, Blake, yep. quick question: Did you know that we didn't have uh, that kind of stuff back then, or were you referencing another quote from the article? Yeah, I didn't Joel know that saying, until I just heard that okay. quote from Benji saying okay. that, that we didn't have cool. cell phones, uh, or we didn't have yeah. uh, <laughs> we didn't have iPhones in our smartphones in two thousand two. Like you're correct, we didn't. We also oh, did yeah. not have MP3 players. I guess I did have a small MP3 player in two thousand two. It held like one hundred twenty eight megabytes of information wow. on it, which was like uh, probably about an hour's worth of music. I don't even know what it was called. I had the, like the mini disc player. Oh yeah. Oh, with like the actual, like the Sony one. Sony. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That did not take off a smaller nope. format than no, it was, we're going digital at that point. And uh, I, yeah, I had a little MP3 player about an hour worth of music on it. Um, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Good Charlotte did not make the cut on that hour of music uh, that I would put <laughs> on my thing. Cause my first impression was I was, I mean, I didn't honestly listen to this album then. I mean, you couldn't escape the singles um, and they were not my cup of tea. I didn't hate it. And I did think it sounded really good. I mean, I was like, I do remember you specifically, Chris showing it to me and kind of being like, it's got a cool, like it's got more of a, um, sort of hip hop production quality to it at parts. 
that a lot of, I mean, I remember you, the drums specifically were just very different than a lot of stuff. So it did set it apart as being a little unique, but for the most part, I was kind of with you. It kind of felt mall pop punk and I'm not against that. Like, I don't mind like straight pop punk, like, you know, like the Blinkway 2 where people think they're sellouts or Green Day, depending on which album people are talking about or whatever. But this felt like Green Day light to me. It didn't feel like, you know, it just, and so, and so I never listened to the album, but I, I will say then, you know, this, this week, spoiler alert today, um, I, cause I just had a week where I didn't get to listen to as much music while I'm working and, I was more impressed with this than I thought I was going to be. I really thought I was just going to get to crap all over this record. I'm still <laughs> going to probably crap on it a little bit, but I was more impressed. I, I was, you know, I was expecting one thing and, and I was kind of like, you know what, actually I'm more pleasantly surprised by, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I don't like for sure, but there's some stuff that's pretty cool on it and, uh, and some pretty good songs. And, uh, and for the most part, there's, um, just a real lyrical not uh, thing for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and really we could maybe sub that out and I'd put this a, uh, quite a bit higher, but those, they really, and there's a few songs that just really bum me out, but really it's better than I, I remembered. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that sounds really weird. Um, uh, so my first impression I would say is m- probably more fair today than it was in 2002. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at, which is will bring us a kind of a good <laughs> transition to talking about the actual individual songs, because I think that there, we're going to have lots to discuss here and it should be a, a fun episode because <laughs> I, I think it's kind of fun when one of us comes in late. I mean, not that you could escape this band. I heard half these songs before. There's without a doubt. Right. Um, but you just but sit down with the record and like never yeah, sat down with the record. Have a nice afternoon, drink some coffee and just absorb nope. Just the you know, really soak in the lyrics, <laughs> sit in a room and cry by myself while I listen to them, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I just definitely did not do it. So, um, you know, we've done albums before where they had an intro track, like instrumental, and we didn't even play the clip. But I think this one, we're going to. It was worthy. Because, it was uh, worthy. Yeah. I yes. think it's worthy. So here we go. Track one, A New Beginning. Here we go. That's pretty epic. I mean, um, I would put this in the category of what Coheed and Cambria was trying to do on the we talked about. But Dude. my goodness, they, they actually did it on this one. And this was a year earlier. Did I steal your note, Kyle? I mean, well, my note was what everyone was trying to do. Like That's anybody true. that had an intro track, this is what they were trying to do. Yeah. And they did it. I'm pretty sure this is about all Valentine, though. He did the orchestra, orchestral oh, yeah. Um, yeah. arrangement stuff. He, I thought I, yeah. I thought I read that Benji Madden did uh, some of the orchestral arrangements on this. May, I don't know. <laughs> I read that it was Valentine, and it, this I'm gonna... just gave the maybe, yeah, probably not hand signal. To... <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, like I... Ashley Simpson co-wrote some of that song. The same vibe. Yeah, I like that man more. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have more like the eh, eh, yeah. <laughs> Drum yeah, should be fast sure. here. Don't you think, Joel? Fast. Yeah. <laughs> fast. Sounds good. 
Um, this is a good, yeah. I, although I, I can't see a new beginning without thinking of it being called maybe a new start, like from um, Arrested Development, the anus tart license plate. A new start. Um, anyway, what are your thoughts on the opening track, guys? Any any opening? Uh, it, it gets you pumped up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we collectively covered it there. I mean, it's Elfman vibes. It's great. It's a f- it's a fantastic. Oh yeah, intro. good job, Elfman vibes for sure. Uh, Definite elf- Elfman vibes. Yeah, which is like. But every... I think it's safe to say they were into Tim Burton back then. Well, I mean, you have so. to be if you're a hot topic punk band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two go hand in hand. How, how <laughs> much? How what do you think the percentage of hot topic sales are Jack Skellington merchandise? I mean, throughout the last thirty <laughs> years, <laughs> it's got to be pretty significant, or He's however long they've been some around. Good money. Yeah, uh, Tim Burton and the people that made Nightmare Before Christmas and Disney have made a lot more money on that property than they ever thought they were going to. Oh, That's yeah. That's a yep. fair assessment. Uh, okay, well, let's go to track two then, the anthem, which was a gigantic single for these guys. I'm gonna get by and just do my time on a step while they all get in line. I'm just a minor threat, so pay no mind. Let's go to you first. The anthem. Thoughts. Great pop punk song. Uh, Feldman either wrote this or co-wrote it. I, I'm pretty sure he had a strong. He co. Yeah, it, yeah. It tr- credited three of them. Um, but this is a, it's a great pop punk song. Um, I think uh, I always remember the video of the songs. It's just them like hanging out on lowrider bikes, and um, it, it's I don't know. I I. I kind of liked the video i thought it gave the song like a really cool vibe just them hanging out with their friends um also uh you know the um one of the notes that i read about this song that i thought was really funny was i I guess they wrote it for a movie they didn't name what movie but they're like could you write another one of those loser anthems and so they put the lyric in the bridge i was like another loser anthem that's kind of cute that's great that's kind of funny guys come on you gotta i like it no i like that yeah yeah, it's a freaking great pop punk song. The line, the line, uh, uh, this is the anthem. Put your hands up. Ugh, it's just oozing with like you know teenagers screaming and having a good time. Yeah, kind of all the cliches, but mm-hmm. not in a terrible way. Kyle, right. what are your thoughts, dude? It's it's a pop punk party song, man. It's yeah. excellent. It sounds great, <laughs> and um, I am gonna do my very best to like not sound like a total hater on this episode because I love this record. I love that these guys are great at what they do, but I'm going to say that like, if they wrote the other songs in the way that they wrote this song, like to me, lyrically, this one is like, this one is just right. Like if we're Goldilocks and the three bears, like (laughs) you're, this is, this one's just right. Like you, you don't need to go harder than this. Uh, you, you don't you don't need to go softer like, either for goodness sake. Like it, it's just like this. This is just right um, because I feel like they struggle all over this record with that. And also, I want to be fair to them. And they were 22 years old, right? So they were probably 21 or even younger when they started making this record. Um, but like, whew, 
I mean, this is just right. And when they do it right on this record, it's it's so so good. Yeah. Um, and I agree, Chris. You know, when he's telling you to throw your hands up, like you want to freaking do that. Like it's it, it had a party vibe, and like I was I was into uh, some hip hop back then, and like it it had a um, like a naughty by nature, feel me flow, like kind of party vibe to it. And, um, um, anyway, yeah, great. This song is great. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right about the lyrics being just, you know, right in the middle and, and a good thing. <laughs> However, uh, the bridge is atrocious. Oh, 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 what, the shake what it. Is, why, yeah. why did they do that? I forgot it's about like, that. It's, it's like they literally. I mean, we we did this a million times in the studio. Didn't have the bridge written, wrote it in the studio. Yeah, let's just throw this in there. Um, and it normally worked. Um, and I've done that a lot because it's the only thing that forces me to write something is like scheduling the studio time. But, um, it's weird. I don't think I've had one that turned out this bad because I hope someone <laughs> told me. Uh, hey, you got it's a really bad bridge, and it has nothing to do with the rest of the album. It's just a. It's the one um, kind of joke on the whole record. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I just remember being like, what? Why did they do this? And and yeah. why did they? It doesn't go with the it? song at all. Like, it's just like kind of no, random. Not at, all. not at all. Yeah, the it's just a weird decision. So I really don't like that. Really, the rest <laughs> of it, I'm with you, though, Kyle and Chris. It's it's a good, sounds great. Lyrics are you right in the middle. Re regret my comments. <laughs> I don't they, know. They were right in the middle, except for there. Except you're right for the bridge. bridge. It's yeah. bad. But you're right about the rest of it. You're totally right about the rest of it, Kyle. Um, I think it works. But that middle, that, and they really don't have. I mean, spoiler alert: we're at track two. They don't have a song that doesn't have that problem on this record. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. it's like they're maybe cruising along, and then here comes the clumsy thing, or sometimes it's just all clumsy. But. Um, but yeah, this record is, I mean, this this album, ugh, this song, I'm not my brain. Uh, anyway, it's a good song. Let's go to the other gigantic single, uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Kyle, we're going to you first on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. You got that shotgun in there. Yeah, you got to get um, in there. I, I mean, okay, the song sounds great. Um, but, like, to me, this is the beginning of, I feel like, so you were talking about, you guys were talking about mall punk earlier and, like, maybe not digging on their look or maybe some of the things they say. They are, this band is, like, they cover all the tropes right like everything that was like pop punk or or goth they cover all of it like 
one guy has the Liberty spikes and the makeup, the other guy, and then like they sing about their dad. And on this song, they sing about rich people and what's their problem. I wish I was rich. And it seems like, honestly, it feels pandering to me. And I loved this when I was younger, but now I'm like, dude, you guys are freaking rich. You were probably freaking rich at this point. Now, I don't know, was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, was it the first single or was it the second? I always thought it was the first single. According to the timeline, it's the second. So if that's the case, and Anthem is as huge as it is, when they release this song, they've already got money in the bank. So it's like, eh, that's kind of weird. All that aside, the song freaking rocks. It sounds great. (laughs) Here's my contingent with what you said, is that they do a good job of not vilifying rich people. They're vilifying rich people that complain. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is more specific in the sense that like, I hate when people complain about rich people because it just feels like it comes out of jealousy. Like that's what it, cause I'm fine with like someone complaining about some specific thing. A rich person does like, Hey, I don't like that. They don't give any of their money to charity. That's a fine complaint to have about someone. But when people just complain blanket, like blanket statement, you're rich, you're bad, I think is incredibly simplistic and stupid. It's as dumb as judging someone by any other external thing that doesn't actually define their personality. Um, But I like, I mean, I felt like they always did a good job of like, they're talking about celebrities a lot in this. And they're talking about like, because not not just rich, they're famous and they're complaining about stuff. And I do, I, I, um, I do. They did personally attack OJ on this one. I know. Which is what fair. Did he gave he, to do? <laughs> what did he ever do? What? <laughs> Nothing to them, I guess. But yeah. uh, what did OJ specifically uh, do to the Madden Twins? Was my question. That's a Nothing. good question. Uh, and and then the mayor. I can't remember who the mayor of DC was at the time, but he, they he was he did, did get caught smoking crack and stuff. And they're Mary from and Baltimore, Barry. so that's. Yeah, so uh, I think legitimate, you know, those are some legitimate complaints, and that's a pretty good line about that, as long as you got the money to pay for Cochrane. So I don't mind taking jabs at celebrities almost ever, because celebrity is kind of just a weird thing. Um, so it doesn't bother me as much, but it does check off the box. I think you're right. So well, here's the thing. My, my thing about this band is, I think the reason they were so hugely successful is because if you listen to this record, they are the underdogs, right? Like that's the, that's what they present themselves as. And like what's brilliant about that strategy is like, we were all in high school there, even though there were the popular kids, there weren't that many popular kids. Right. So like 95% of the rest of the rest of the population relates to this in some way, like, Oh yeah. And so I I really think that's what made them so gigantic. But what's weird to me is like, obviously they were striving to be successful and I'm not trying, this isn't truly no judgment, but they ended up with people who were celebrities. And so it's like, that is true. That is fair. I mean, it's, it, it seems so weird that they're going after, after the people who it seems like they're aspiring to be. Yeah. I think, but so do, I mean, it happens all the time. And also, and also I think it's a good song. I mean, it does, it happens all the time, but this is like really on the nose. I mean, they're just like really gunning after a specific type of celebrity. Yes. Yeah. But But I mean, mean, like clearly they had ambitions to be famous 
you know, they didn't <laughs> yeah. like when Carson Daly was like, you want to be on my show? Be like, ah, oh, you're kind of one of the people we were talking about on a record. Nah, we're not a huge fan nah. of uh, you, Carson Daly. They, they, they went for it, but it's kind of weird. But I mean, I think it's, yeah, I mean, do you think Rage Against the Machine <laughs> would play for the machine? That's not a fair no. <laughs> one because they're so in they're they just never wavered. Uh, yeah, from that. But I mean, most other people are total hypocrites about it. I mean, like, look at every politician that's ever you know done this exact same thing, and then they have four houses, <laughs> and you're like, sure. hey, you're kind of one of those people. Um, but at least. They did it before they were those people. They might have aspired to be, but that's where I say that most of it comes from jealousy. You know, when we when you vilify someone, it's just because you're jealous. Yeah. You're um, hating. I mean, they literally yeah. talk about uh, like all they do is piss and moan inside the Rolling Stone, and they're on the cover yep. of Rolling Stone a few months <laughs> later. Yep. You did you yep. look up the date? How how long was it from the time this was released as a single to the time that they were on the cover of Rolling Stone? Uh, Which really we've really i can figure that out we'll put that we'll put that in in, in the notes we'll figure that out i feel i feel um yeah yeah it meant a lot then i feel like i sent us uh off on a tangent on this one but and the and the thing that makes me worried is like this is just the start oh we're not even close yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) tip of the iceberg all I want to say is, I, I birthday buddy, I completely agree with you, man. This is a freaking amazing song. The lyrics leave something to be desired a little bit. I'm not talking about the substance. I'm just talking about the lyrics themselves, you know, just kind of, yeah. um, yeah. you know, well, they got mansions, think we should rob them. I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel like. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not exactly the, poetic. The, uh, the other Baltimore native, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, is probably spinning in his grave when he heard that one. So. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, <laughs> let's go to track four, Wondering. Just tell me. drumming so he gets to go first uh chris what are your thoughts on how about that track four wondering how about that key change guys it's nice mm-hmm. right and the timpanis on the chorus little pretty woman vibe there yeah yeah um I, yeah this got some oh, good guitar good. work you know this yeah. is a groovy little song i dig it um uh, you know the um uh, the lyrics on this one are 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 not life changingly uh, spectacular by any means, but you know no. it's a it's a it's a nice little uh, nice little ditty. Okay, let's do the same thing with the lyrics on every one of these tracks. I mean, I know we already skipped three of them, but like best lyric, worst lyric, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like nominate. Um, anyway, Kyle, you tell us your thoughts on the on the track before we get into that. So I I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go back to before like uh, this one this 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 porridge is just right, man. The lyrics like this is fine. Yeah. This is great. This you know, okay. like uh, this is a great song, super catchy. And I actually have a little bit of insight. I don't know if you knew this, Chris, but, um, this song was written about their dog. Like they had this big old, um, I think it was, I think it was like a, uh, a, a Rottweiler or like a great Dane, you know, like a mean pointy ear looking, Oh, a pincher, a Doberman pincher. Okay. And, um, 
and I think his name was Cash Dog. And I, I don't I don't know why I remember that, but like this was him writing what he thinks the dog is is thinking when he's looking at him. You know, it's Aww. like his best friend. And like when you listen to it and think about that, it's actually it's actually more endearing, you know. It absolutely but is. I, not not that I think that the not that I think that the lyrics on this one are really bad. I, I really do think that they're just right. Like yeah. if they had just stayed in this lane and the anthem, we'd be f- we'd be fine. Like and and when I say we'd be fine, I mean it would it would it would it would age with us well you know what i mean like um i feel like spoiler alert i feel like i out outgrew some of this like because i don't relate to it anymore um yes. but like this man this is great this is just fine this is a this is a great song so also the freaking yes the key change and those those little claps clap clap in there uh just awesome it's a cool feel i mean my 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 bad lyric would be that they start the thing off with us since i was a young man i never was a fun man it's pretty bad That's a pretty bad one <laughs> and ever since i met you i never could forget you i mean yeah. which oh it's clever right man with you man with you. and you with you <laughs> so you know whatever but i agree the general feel of the song i like and it's got a fun chorus and i like the bounce to it it's cool chris what are your thoughts oh if you have anything to add no, no, no. That, yeah, yeah, no. I'm, I'm already kind of gave my my spiel. All like right. the timpanis, cool. mostly the. Oh timpanis. yeah, that's right. You did. I'm all Sorry. about the timpanis. No, it's all right. It's all right. Just, I just a, forget where we're at. No, no. Just <laughs> any chance to talk about timpani drums. So you know me. I love timpanis. <laughs> love them. Okay, let's go to uh, the story of my old man. Here it goes. Just like his brother. First of all, so normally I pick the clips because I'm less comfortable. <laughs> because I, I'm so sorry. I feel bad because, like, I you're right. I'm with you, Kyle. I've not heard anything. I've never heard a bad thing about these guys. I've always heard they're really nice. I feel a little bad. They obviously had a dad that was a total crap hole of a yeah. person. But this is a terrible song. <laughs> and 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 it's like... I I literally feel like when I listen to this song, I feel like I'm at a venue back in the back in 2002, that kind of time, and we're playing with some high school band. I mean, I was just out of high school at this point, but like you know, like a bad high school band that like you're sitting, you're watching this kind of train wreck, and then they come up and ask you like, "What'd you think?" This is I have that kind of nervous feeling right now that this guy he's gonna ask me what I think about this song because it's mm. it's just. <laughs> really bad i feel bad that it's such a tough subject matter and i hope this helped a lot of kids that were in this situation at the time Uh, and it probably did did. there were probably a lot of 12 year olds that this meant a ton to as a i mean i was a 19 year old at the time i didn't hear this song then because i didn't listen to the record but today as a 38 year old (laughs) it does not resonate um Mm. and uh, maybe that's harsh of me am i am i too mean kyle (laughs) 
No, and actually you said something really nice that I think I, I'd be good to focus on. And that is like, it really probably did help a bunch of kids that were like going through the exact same thing, right? Like that yeah. they could relate to. That being said, it is hot garbage. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's hot lake garbage. It, 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 the, the lyrics are just so bad. And the song and like, is bad. And the melody, uh, uh, there's not a redeeming bad. thing about this like, song. <laughs> It's, for it's me. well, it's like two, di- it's like two different bad songs put together <laughs> in one song in like a mash together, a mashup of a mashup of garbage. Oh. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's just bad. And, um, and yeah, I, think I would do well to remember that like, there was probably some kid that was just like, you know, had a deadbeat dad at home that, that this helped. So yeah, I think you're right. We'll put and that, a, we'll put a positive spin on it. And and you know we're 19 or 20 when this comes out. We're like their age-ish. I mean, a little younger. And it, most of the people buying this record were probably younger than us. Probably yeah. Even at In that high time, school. more middle and, school. And I think that yeah. when I if I was 12 and and had a um, similar home situation, which I did not, but I mean, I think that I could I can see how in sixth grade I would have maybe been magnetized to something like this but, but but the problem is man uh the problem is that that like from what i understand that happened with their dad it was like a real bad deal like he abandoned their family straight yeah, that's up really bad and 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 so like you can't really be like you can't really tell them that that's not a bad thing but maybe i think it maybe was harder for people around them to give them good criticism because it's like we shouldn't do the months of the week thing or excuse me the the days of the week oh, thing gosh yeah with your dad leaving and being a deadbeat every day like that's just that well and can we list some songs much. that are i mean like there are very good songs about this subject matter um lots of them because it's kind of a good oh, formula for you got a bad dad sure. you might be a great oh, musician yeah. great songwriter i mean it happened to some of the best um, it's also the starting point of us hearing about their dad on just about every song from here on out. Yeah. And it, and it does feel like, I mean, and look, I've no, I've not had to deal with that. So I, tell us more. I, I don't know. I mean, but like, you, it does seem to overwhelm walk, the album. Have you guys seen walk hard? Yes. <laughs> it's been a while. The Dewey Cox story. Yes. You know how, like when Chris and wig talks to him on the phone, no matter at what point in the story, like even after he's rich and famous, she's like, all right, I'll talk to you later. You're never going to make it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, like, I feel like, I feel like good Charlotte does that with their dad being a deadbeat. Like, Hey, we're, we're singing, we're rocking. PS. Do we tell you our dad sucks? <laughs> yeah. That makes I the that. quote. Even better. Uh, Chris, do you have any additional thoughts on the story of my old man? Uh, I thought the drums were excellent on this song. Uh, that might be the positive thing <laughs> I have to say about it. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I do. Uh, when I revisited, I was like, oh, God, no, he's not going to do every day of the week. Is he? Oh, God. <laughs> he did the whole thing. He did them all. Every, every day. Every day. Yeah, it's really. The- <laughs> really, every I mean, day. in in the grand scheme of things, generally, I think here's what's weird. I think there's a weird juxtaposition with them because there are people like Ben Gibbard from Death Cab that just kind of like he writes sad lyrics a lot. That's mm-hmm. kind of his mo, and I really have no idea if he's a sad person or not. Um, 
these guys oh, don't sure seem like sad people. No. Like, yeah. You know, seem like they, they're having a good time. Yeah. They, yeah, they don't seem like that. So yeah, I think it's almost like they're digging for this depth in the lyrics. That's just maybe it's just not there because I think it seems like they're generally kind of positive guys other than this one subject of their, I don't know. It just, it, it's a weird mashup of like, it becomes this kind of cringeworthy double whammy of like context and, uh, badly writing about the context it's just it just does not work and it takes me you're right until this point i've been like um you know as someone that like hadn't really ever listened to this record and i'm listening today and four tracks in i'm going okay like i i think i misjudged this um Mm, and i should have given it a chance in 2002 (laughs) and then this song comes on and immediately i was just like oh i remember the dad stuff now um So yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, and I, it's definitely not great for track five. Um, but whatever it, that's, it worked out fine for them. Okay. Let's go to the, <laughs> we sandwiched that one. Uh, let's go to another single girls and boys. Uh, your thoughts on girls and boys <sighs> boys will <laughs> laugh at girls when they're not funny and these girls like these boys like these boys like these <laughs> girls the girls with the bodies like boys with ferraris <laughs> i don't have anything else to say i think that should just oh. stand on its own oh, give it some do, air Chris. give it some space <laughs> no i've got something better I, I have like to admit, part- I have to admit, this, it's a groovy little melody. It's a good, good tune. But no, no, man, what a train wreck. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm into the '80s vibes. Yeah, I'm into the the track. I actually like the melody. I like the production on it. It's really kind of fun and cool. And 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 uh, we had not thro- we were not throwing back to the '80s much at this point yet. I mean, the 2010s came yeah. around, and mm-hmm. I know that if you are, believe it or not, we got a couple messages in the last week from people under the age of 25 that listen to this podcast, which is, I didn't know existed because I thought they were all old people like us that were nostalgic for the music. So, um, but, uh, if you, so if you're one of those people listening and you're like 18 years old right now, I know that you are in the thick of eighties and nineties synth synthesizers and that mm-hmm. kind of sound. Uh, so this was a cool thing that yeah. I don't feel like uh, people were doing at the time, uh, in 2000, especially not punk this. bands. Yeah, it's got this cool uh, kind of vibe to it. I like that vibe. However, the f- the line, but he'll foot the bill in all situations because he pays for everything. You just said the same thing twice. <laughs> he'll fit he, the bill in all situations because he pays he for pays everything. He pays for everything. Yeah, no, that you just said that that's a redundant. No, it, there are so the 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 bad good lyric bad lyric is. Um, I mean, I don't mind that girls don't like boys. Girls like cars and money, even though I think it's nowhere near illustratively true. Uh, yeah. well, the first, I, I the first slide's not girl. too bad. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Kyle, where, where, where are you at on this song? I mean, I'm in the same place. It, musically, 
I really like it. I enjoy it. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah. And, and also here's the weird thing is like, I'm asking myself, is it not as bad as I think it is lyrically? Like, is it, is it, is this one more tongue in cheek? Like maybe they were, you know what I mean? Like, but, but after the last one, I have to believe, no, it's, it's bad. That's the problem. It's like, um, this one rides that it rides that fence pretty well though, in the sense that like, for example, okay. What if I told you, and here's a thought, Mm -hmm. here's a thought experiment here. What if I told you Adam Schlesinger, Schlesinger wrote this song? Right. What would you think about it? It almost sounds like a Fountains of Wayne song in some ways. I know, but that, but but to Kyle's point, like once you know like the other subject matter, like you you don't get you can't yeah, give them a pass. It's like, it's like I can't li- I can't <laughs> listen without that's what without I, hearing the other stuff. Right. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. I was like, look, if if this was Adam writing this song, I, it, yeah, because they kind of had those kind of you know. No, I, but you're right, and that's but that's what I mean. I don't know that it's as bad but, as I think right, it is. Right. Yeah, we're kind of like on the fence now. I don't think that. You know, these lyrics that Chris and I pointed out, you know, they're they're bad enough that no, they wouldn't have been written. But like the chorus specifically, you know, it sounds like it could be, you know, yeah, leave the biker or something like that. Um, I just think that but it rides the fence well. And I think it was a great single. I think it's and it was it was more unique than the other stuff. The other stuff had unique production value, but it sounded like kind of every other pop punk i seem to remember they were it was like there was like a fun music video to it too i think yeah he's like dancing so, and I really, yeah um, don't remember but yes well and i think the story of the song was like they were in la they just moved from maryland and they were trying to get in some clubs and no one let them in no one knew who they were then and you know so they wrote this song and i i mean that's a not I, I, that's kind of punk rock in its own way. Like it's a huge single that made him rich off of like telling the story yeah. about not getting in a club in LA. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I like yeah. the song. I, I listen, I still listen I do. to it for as cheesy as it is. I think it's a great song. No, I, it really, it came on today and I, I really had not heard this song in uh, probably almost 20 years. And, and I was like, Oh gosh. Yeah. I do remember like this has some really cool stuff, especially in the verses. We didn't really have a good verse clip in there. Um, Cause you can't pick everything, but uh, the I do really love the the structure of the verses. It's fun yeah. and uh, and I like it. And I wish, man, I just like if this song had just like better lyrics, it would be a great song because everything else it's got going for it. And, uh, and the lyrics are okay. I'm okay with it. Um, it's not the worst thing. Let's go to uh, my bloody Valentine. I'm in love with you. What are your thoughts on my bloody Valentine? Uh, it kind of saved at the end there with that Valentine production and the cool, uh, the cool orchestration. I think it's a song about like a serial killer or a what's a serial killer called that only kills one person? A regular killer? That's just called a, a regular murderer. murderer. <laughs> murderer. <laughs> just your standard. Mur- yeah, I think this song's just about a standard murderer, just like the one murder. Yeah, um, not a double homicide. Yeah. One yeah, single murder. Yeah. murder. So I couldn't even sing about something cool like a serial killer. It's just a one murderer. Um, 
yeah, you know, it's it, an interesting attempt at storytelling. Storytelling, songwriting, very hard. Not for the 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 you know. It, I I I appreciate the attempt. You know, to try to tell a story instead of just singing about you and them and us and blah 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 like we're singing in every song. And I'm so terrible nice, at it, so I'm not. Judging. It's super hard. It's super it's hard. hard. Tom Petty's good at it. Bruce Springsteen's good at it. Joel Madden's all right at it. I'm not. This yeah. this is not not a great attempt. But I don't know, even I, know if I'd go I, all right. <laughs> I I applaud the effort. Um, I'll say that. It, one thing that I will give this album, and this is another song to prove it, is they didn't stick to um, you know a template for every song. Like we've got some interesting no. ideas, some attempts at. So, and yeah. I I just have to give them a little credit for that for just trying. Um, and, and, you know, for, for all the, the funny things we're saying, I mean, they did sell a bazillion records, so yeah, it, it, it worked. And, and it sounds good. No, it's it a little great. easier. Yeah. It's a little easier to poke fun at something when I know that they made tons of money on it and yeah, yeah, successful. It yeah. It's not, it doesn't and, make me feel as bad. And we're peasants. To yeah. Them. I like, they don't care. I mean, no one, why would anyone care what we say about this? But like, no. you know, I'd feel bad if this was a band that never made it and we were making fun of it. I wouldn't do that. And I'd probably, yeah. if there was a band that never make it, I'd probably be like, this is great. Uh, it's funny how our, you know, view of something changes based on how successful it is sometimes. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I'm everything you said, Chris, it's on the nose. I think it's like an attempt at something that they just couldn't quite execute. And, um, and it's a weird juxtaposition to have, so I mean I get that like you don't have to be the same person in every song, but it's kind of a weird thing to be like, uh, poor me over and over again. My dad left us, and then like here's a song about me killing someone, which I know it's like <laughs> he didn't kill dude. somebody. Now he's not like, like right. saying you should kill people. I get that like yeah he's telling a story about some killer he heard of in the news or something. I mean it's you know, but it sounds like he's talking about killing someone because he can't have her, and that's just like a weird. It's a weird thing to have on the album with with all these songs that are uh, trying to be something else. Um, that just kind of throws me off. Kyle, do you have any additional thoughts on uh, my bloody Valentine? So with the hopping around thing, I mean, no, not really. I, I think the same thing as you guys. But with the hopping around thing, the one thing that kind of makes me resent it a little bit is because they were such a hot topic band. I do feel like they were like, well, we got to get one in for the gothics. Oh, (laughs) God, you're right. (laughs) And like, that's all I hear with the lyrics of this one. Um, Yeah. Like, and and earlier I said that they were, I felt like things were tropey with this record. (laughs) Yeah, that's a trope. (laughs) Yeah, that's a checkbox. Check. check. Exactly. So, um, I, and, and, I murdered her in my Jack Skellington t-shirt that was only $19.99 <laughs> at Hot Topic. Yep. Use promo code ad. Benji and Joel. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, and I agree with my birthday buddy that the end with the, with the strings sounds great. And that's why, I mean, that's the other thing. I'm, I just want to know what they freaking spent on this record because they're, they're all over this record. It's a lot of money so, for sure. I mean, yeah. the, 2002, there was still some some serious money getting thrown around um, the major labels. Uh, you did not make an album for less than a million dollars on a major label. Yeah. I don't. Pretty sure. I mean, so it's got to be that. Um, yeah, because that's not sense. Um, that, that they've got 
No, those are real strings. Yeah, they're real. Those are real strings. Yeah, that's that's huge money right there. They're on almost every song. Yep. Yep. Okay, uh, let's go to hold on. Kyle, uh, thoughts on Hold On? Um, I mean, I think this is a great song. And also, like, I specifically remember it being one of the, one of, like, the first videos that I ever saw where they played it and it had the suicide hotline yeah. through it that, you know, like, reference. Um, tricky, I mean, it's a tough subject matter, right? Like, uh, it's, it's a bummer. And also... I think it's really good. I think the dynamics of the song are really good. Um, I think that in the clip is kind of cool, kind of kind of weird and different for the record. Um, one one thing I think about Good Charlotte, and one of the reasons why I think that everybody loved them, aside from me saying that, like you know, most most people weren't the popular kids, and they're the they're the anti that, right? Yeah. Um, but they made people feel they felt accessible. They made people feel like they were a part of good Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like, and I remember back then, I think it was also just the specific time. Like in 2002, uh, we were on street teams, right? Like I know oh, that gosh, you guys yeah. were on a couple street teams and like, it was this brilliant way to make you feel like you were a part of this band that you loved. And I, f- and I feel like good Charlotte always did a good job of making it. It wasn't like, it was us versus them, but like we were part of uh, the us, you know what I mean? Like it's good Charlotte, all their fans versus the world. And so like, I, I, I I like that. I like using that, uh, for good on, on something with a message like this. I'm, I'm a fan of that. So Chris thoughts, man, he, uh, Kyle really said all the things that I would have said. Um, it, it's, I, Okay, so one thing that really bummed me out in this era about pop music, and I would talk to great links about um, a friend of mine, uh, John, uh, about was that I always thought that the bigger of a pop star you were, the more responsibility you had to kind of use that platform for good when you could. Not always. I mean, not, you know, it's okay if songs are about sex and drugs. I mean, those things are going to happen. It's pop music. But I have to say, I appreciate it. When, when you think about the kind of, kids that probably listen to this band i think this was a a cool thing that they did that they tackled some tough subject matter i think they tackled it pretty well i mean this is one of the better songs on the record um and um it it it, it's classy it is it it, you know the lyrics are a little cheesy but like to a young kid going through a hard time i i would have to i you know i would put money on it this had to have gotten a kid through a rough night or a rough week or a rough 100 oh yeah, Um, yeah yeah So I, I I totally appreciate that. I think I think they 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 did some good work here. Good, good yeah, kids. I'm not gonna, good kids. I'm not going to dog on the lyrics for sure because I I I, pr- I do really appreciate what they were doing, uh, especially for like young kids. I mean, it's uh, and it's it would be appropriate for a young teenager as far as like yeah, it's not the depth level that I don't know other songs of the same subject matter might be about, but 
And yeah, the, the video had the suicide hotline thing. I think it was a good thing what they did. I mean, there's some, I think it's a pretty good song. I don't actually like the bridge. It, it kind of, it's weird for this almost sort of uh, jarring for you. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. It doesn't fit um, very well. I like the transition from the bridge to the chorus though. I think that's pretty creative. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good song. I, I really, I like the verses quite a bit. I think the verses are actually really good. Um, and I think they're actually better than the chorus. I really like the production on, it. I really like the melody. Um, but, uh, yeah. Is that I one think, of the I, only, uh, that might be one of the only times on the album where he sings in that like kind of lower register. He's always singing yeah. like right at the top of the Yeah. Range. Which by the way, was like so common in 2002. Yeah. Like no one, uh, everyone was at the top of their range kind of all the time. Um, and I like it. I like him chilled out a little bit. I actually, and this brings up a good point that I hadn't talked about yet, but, um, basically everything on this record sounds perfect. I'm pretty sure I, I really wanted to know what some production stuff and I couldn't find anything about it, but I'm pretty sure they're using baritone guitar. I know they're using baritone guitars on a couple songs cause I can actually tell when they're on, there's a couple, there's a song coming up uh, where you can totally yep. hear that's baritone. Guitar. Say anything. I think they're yeah. using it for, I think that's how the drums are so big. I would love to have like the stems on this record actually, because, um, I'm pretty sure the drums are just gigantic and that's all the attack is in the drums. And then if like most of the distortion on the guitars is all low end. So it's not that like basically all the mid range is empty for, for the drums to be there. Cause like the bass is generally pretty gnarly distorted and I'm pretty sure it's basically like a low overdriven baritone guitar. And so it's just, um, I don't know for sure. I could be totally wrong. I've heard, I hear it on a few songs it's got a, but it's a super unique thing. But what I like is that I don't think they auto-tuned the vocals on this to death. Uh, unlike so much of the pop punk uh, at this time. Mm. And I actually yeah. do really appreciate that, that you can hear the flaws in his voice. Like the, basically everything sounds perfect except, except his voice, but it's in the way I don't, that I like voices not sounding perfect. Does that make sense? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I hear the human quality in it and the emotion in it, and I like it. And this is a good song that kind of um, showcases that, I feel like. And there's a couple other ones. Now, there is some auto-tune on here. I can hear it. I mean, it was a thing that was happening for sure. Um, and uh, we hadn't quite nailed how to do it in a, in a flawless way. But I don't think we're making him sound much different than he does normally. And I like that. I like that it it... it it did. If he sounded perfect, if he sounded auto-tuned, it would almost. I think it would ruin the production. Like if he sounded like pitch perfect all the time, no warble yeah. whatsoever. I think you'd be like, this is completely overproduced. But because they dialed back, which I think is a smart choice by Valentine. I think it. I think it works well, and it adds some emotion to a song like this that otherwise wouldn't have it. Because you, we've all heard those songs that are auto-tuned to perfection, and they just have no soul to it. Uh, and I, I think that they do a good job of, of that. So that's my, that's my, uh, my praise on it. Okay, let's go to Riot Girl. Got tattoos and piercings. She likes minor threats. She likes social distortion. My girl's a hot girl. A hood rider needs an attitude adjustment. Christina wouldn't want to meet her. She ain't too pretty, so you better up a cover. My girl's a hot girl. A right girl, and she's angry at the world. Imagine. Kyle, what are your thoughts on Riot Girl? 
man, I am so glad you you went to me first, Blake, because I, um, you're welcome. Here, here's here's the thing. Um, the pre-chorus, the front of the chorus, it is so terribly bad lyrically. <laughs> and what what it is not what's good. crazy to me confirmed. What's crazy to me is the second half of the chorus is great. Why did they do that? The emergency call 911. That's a great chorus. Like, that's fine. The Christina wouldn't want to meet her. She hates you, Brittany. Like, way to freaking timestamp <laughs> or, ti- you know, like your, your, your music. Like, it, it is, it is so bad. And it's so frustrating because I actually really, really like the second half of the chorus. I think it's really good. It didn't need the stupid, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears call out. Um, and also I need to mention because we've been kind of ripping on their lyrics, but it, we've, we've kind of lost sight of the fact that dude, these brothers, their harmonies together are. Yeah, they are good. Fabulous. Oh, good, call. Every good. Good, call. Song. good call. Like so good. What is that called again? Like, the brother and sister thing? Blood harmony. Blood harmony. Blood harmony. And they are just, they are just taking full advantage of the blood harmony on this record. Um, it's easy to overlook that kind of stuff because like we've said it on every song, this record sounds great. They had a big budget. Uh, the music sounds great. It's just, it's just some of the lyric choices. And when I was younger, I didn't mind it. And now, now that I'm older, it's just like, Ooh, that is bad. I mean, for one, it dates, it's just like any song you listen to now that talks about MySpace, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <it's>, um, <laughs> I think it's always better to write about technology or celebrity in the past tense. So if you're going to write a song yeah, totally. in 2002, I would be talking at minimum about 1995. You know what I mean? It's like a, because people are nostalgic for that stuff, but they're not in the moment. Like, Ooh, burn Brittany. Like <laughs> I just think, and it's also hilarious to me, the pop punk bands that are like, we're uh, making fun of these pop stars. They're a lot of times the exact same thing. Oh, for in sure. the sense that like Christina Aguilera never pretended to be anything other than a pop star. You know what I mean? She was on the Disney channel as a kid. You know what I mean? Like there's all these, and, and just like you were always all, punk rock. All, like there's no difference. And also, well, there well, there's is a, a difference, difference, Blake, and it is it, it is that Christina Aguilera can sing almost everyone in the world under That's the table. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, super now, Brittany, talented young lady. <laughs> Britney yeah. can't. Christina's very talented. I'll give them Britney. I didn't <laughs> right. like Britney Spears at the time, but I always thought Christina Aguilera could sing. And yeah, maybe a lot yeah. of her music wasn't my cup of tea, but like I was never discounting her talent or whatever and like you're right it's it's just a silly thing and that's all it was well, it's I, like a team you, punk rock how much you want to bet you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do some live research i guarantee you i would put all kinds of money that at their merch booth they sold a riot girl t-shirt oh you know and like did. the girls that listened to this were like this song's about yeah. me you know like just and there's I'm nothing wrong girl. with selling to your audience there's nothing wrong with that but it just yeah i've said over and over on this podcast that i'm not a huge lyric person like i don't have to have the best lyrics in the world but lyrics like this take me right out i mean it just they have to be like i said you can be a mediocre lyricist i can have no idea what you're talking about 
Um, I actually like a lot of bands where I kind of feel like it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, these are pretty good lyrics, but there's not a lot that I'm like, I'm not like, oh, I just feel this song is like exactly how I was feeling during this time. Um, and I can still really like it. Oh, you found it. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they had, they definitely, they definitely had, had it. it. Look We're, at that skull. We'll, what the? <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes. It's the worst t-shirt design ever, but I bet they sold a hundred thousand of them. Dude. And um, anyway, yeah, I'm with you. I think that all, <laughs> all that works. This song is, um, I it's kind of pandering, I think, but whatever. It's know. pandering, dude. It's, it's for sure pandering. It's, it's, that yeah yeah they, that is what's frustrating to me about it and it's i get that like, like when you're if you're a 14 year old and you uh, feel different and like you uh, great it's you probably loved this and but i was not the demographic obviously um uh i guess i mean i like punk rock and stuff but it this just was a little bit like okay whatever uh okay let's go to say anything don't say a word i know you feel the same just give me a sign Chris, what are your thoughts? I believe this is one of those bridges you were talking about, Blake. Sounds like they kind of just worked this out in a few minutes before. Uh, Sound like they were the whole this one finish. Like, <laughs> yeah, it no, sounds I... like they might have worked out the whole song that day. It is. It's not great, but dude, you got to admit the orchestration kind of saves it. It's it's not. It helps it. It doesn't save it. It helps it. It doesn't. It's, uh, it, it it makes it sound like oh, this is professional, but like this sounds like. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Picture this, guys. Picture this song, <laughs> high school talent show, someone that doesn't... You know how, like, when you learn guitar, a lot of people are... Like, the strumming is the part that they struggle the most with. And they just kind of... Right, dun 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 They just kind of, like, just frantically strum it. I That's what I picture. is like a guy on a stool frantically strumming a guitar and singing this at a high school talent show. It just... That's what it sounds like. It, yes, it's shiny yeah. and polished because it's got orchestration, but this is a this is a turd of a song, I think. But Kyle, what are your thoughts? Dude, it's so weird because I did not like this song back in the day. But while re-listening to it recently and some of the bad things we've been talking about in the other songs, I'm like, maybe this song's not so bad. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it is bad. Keep in mind. I'm I'm not saying that I'm not trying to like say that it's great. I'm just saying like it doesn't sound like he's like he's trying as hard on the lyrics and maybe maybe you maybe that's like the point like you're you're making is that he's not trying hard enough, but I mean it, it's not pandering. No, no, you know? I, I'm like, fine with that. I actually don't, I have no problems with any of the lyrics of this song. I hate the song. Like it's a bad song. Okay, okay. No, like okay, and, okay. Like I heard it the first time and I was like meh. And then it was on, I was listening to it again right before we got on here. Um, and so I listened to it like three times through today or something. And, uh, and it was on kind of in the background while I was making clips and stuff or whatever. And I was just like, what is, it just kept going. And I was just like, what yeah, is Yeah, no, it, it does and it like, just and never it, stops. I yeah. do love the orchestration. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And in the I background, cool. it basically just made me angry. And I literally was like, I've got to go type a note about how much I hate this song right now. Um, 
<laughs> so maybe that's unfair, but like I think it's I think it's pretty bad. And and lyrically though, I think you're right. I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and there's nothing that's jumping out at me as like, oh, that's a terrible lyric. And there's not that did not jump out at me during listening to this. It's just like it yeah. feels did like you, the worst. My question ever. to you, Blake, is did you listen to it? in order because i think also i'm thinking i know what we just heard and what we're about to hear and so i'm just fine with this song no i hate it so (laughs) i'm just like yeah i hate it um okay well let's go to the next song uh what 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 about my oh chris sorry see i've i've asked chris twice on some songs and i've forgotten oh no he he did did say he said he liked the orchestration. Yeah, I'm sorry, Blake. Uh, you're you're throwing me under the bus. Uh, okay. Yeah, sorry, anyway, dude. let's go to the day that I die. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's go to the day that I die. Let me try to say it again. My life, I swear the happiest day of my life is the day that I die. go to you chris monier oh uh the day that i die okay so i don't hate this song i think that um it's like we talked about the tropes like obviously they like had to check off the social distortion uh, <laughs> the ball check mark Jane. pretty hardcore Dude. here Dude. yes which is i fine. mean my god it's fine yes like, no, it's fine it's fine, you, it's fine. everyone did that it, it seems fine. like such a good charlotte thing to do though to like be like hey let's write like kind of a homage to social distortion and then just like copy social distortion like right on the nose yeah um i like that benji sings lead on this vocal you can't really tell the difference between their voices but you know he did sing lead on it um i i I always kind of the big song he's the big social distortion fan i mean from what i understand and reading about it so uh which makes sense i'm fine with an homage to a band that you like that much it's not so it's not like it's you'd get sued for this song, but it is like, I mean, I'm not even a big social distortion fan. And I was immediately like, this sounds yeah. a lot like social distortion, which is fine. I mean, it's cool that they're intro introing a band that the 13 year olds that were listening to good Charlotte certainly hadn't heard of. Absolutely. And the, the harmonies on this song, like we talked about the blood harmonies are marvelous. Like the, <laughs> it, it sounds really good. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty on the nose. Uh, yeah, social distortion song. Kyle, where are you at? <laughs> I hate this song. <gasps> oh no! Okay, 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 okay. I hate this song because it is such a ape. It is such a swagger jack. It is. It, it's like not even homage. It's. It is a carbon I know, copy. I know. And also, I hate myself you know for why, liking it. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You know why else I hate this song? Because, because in 1996, a wonderful film would change history called the lion king and you don't you don't sing a chorus that says can you feel the anything tonight after the lion king comes out first can of all can you feel the cold tonight sorry no uh, that's the lion king that was not 96 it was 94 94 94 sorry <laughs> 94 i'm sorry all i'm saying is it it changed like can lion king owns can you feel the Elton John owns tonight. it. You got to pay him a royalty. Yeah, he dibs it. Dibs. He dibs. He oh, dibs actually, the phrase. though, it wasn't him. It was Tim Rice. But whatever. Elton John wrote the music without Elton's baritone oh, no, right. voice. Right. What would it be? 
True. So, I mean, I just this song gets all over me, man. I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, and like, hey, in, quick. In, sorry, I was gonna say no. You go ahead. Go ahead. You tell me. Well, I, I was just gonna say one thing that's one thing that is so weird and conflicting to me about this band is I know that they're not posers. That's not what I'm saying. Like yeah. these dudes are the real deal. Um, like, like I'm certain that Benji, uh, is, is a huge social D fan. A hundred percent. He's, he's not faking any of this. No, no. And he, and he's probably even friends with them. Right. So like, it's not about that. It's, I, I just don't like it. So there you have it. I think and also I did, I did want to say something in defense of myself, at least, uh, just in case anyone that knows us is listening. Like I'm, I'm criticizing lyrics and singing maybe like maybe things being immature, but the truth is like for myself in my own band, I mean, dude, you guys know locally, I, I, I got a fan base singing about Rice Krispie treats and I, <laughs> and I stopped singing about Rice Krispie treats. You know what I mean? Like, right, like right, right. it was like, I can't do this. I can't be the dude that does this. You know what I mean? Like I, I realized, and that was, I was, I was 19 years old then, you know, like I can't keep doing this. Yeah. And so I moved on past it. And that's not to say that my personality doesn't come through in, in my songs still. It's just, I knew that I didn't want to be, I didn't want that to be me, and I knew that it wouldn't age well. You know what I mean? So, yeah. what, so like, what would have happened if you had a million-dollar <laughs> budget at that age? You probably would have made a song about something maybe, like well, that. But here's, here's maybe where I, I think it's a lot of pressure. Here's where Who I think knows? there's a Who huge knows? difference, but though. That's what happened to them. Here's where I yeah. think there's a huge difference, though, is that okay. you... <sighs> there's a difference between being like kind of kitschy or funny or... You know what Blink One Eighty Two is doing, or Reliant K, or you know a lot of other bands is, and obviously, then they all took the same path you did, growing out of it. it. That's a different thing than like I don't think they're like, I don't think they wrote like purposely funny, immature lyrics. Like you were writing purposely. Oh yeah, that's true. Wrote, does that make sense? The they, I think they're, thing, yeah. they are. They're not being tongue in cheek. I think they're trying to write the best lyrics they can. <sighs> For the most part. Now, yeah. I do think there's some like playing with the fun. Like, I think the anthem and there's a couple things that are a little bit more like, you know, they're having some fun with it uh, because of the subject matter and you can. But, you know, I think they're trying to be serious and it, that's I that's what kills it for me because I don't love the kitschy thing either, Kyle. Like, I'm with you. Like, that, it, it doesn't age super well. Like, Reliant K after that is the band I like, not before, yep, not while totally. it was going on. Um and, but it's just, that's a different thing than I think that we're dealing with here. I, I like this song, actually. I mean, it is a straight up social distortion ripoff, but yeah. I, I'm more okay with ripping off a lesser known band. Cause I mean, social distortion is a big punk band, but like, they're not a big, like I said, uh, 98% of the people that bought this record had never heard of social distortion. You know what? You're right. So and, I don't mind it as maybe- much. Maybe I'm going to talk myself into liking it more because I've always looked at pop punk for me as being a gateway to other music. Yeah. You know, right. and so for their fans, they didn't know that this was a total ape 
and maybe it pointed that them to social distortion for the first time ever. So yeah, you're, Dude, you're right. I mean, the only reason I listed social distortion and the descendants were because MXPX mentioned them totally. when they were getting interviewed by Matt Penfield. I mean, that's what you did in punk rock. You were like, Hey, I got kind of big, Dude, you should list these other bands that influenced me and go buy their records. And yep. good Charlotte, we're dude, they took I all those they dudes out that. on tour. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I I I bought my first Jimmy World record because Tom DeLong wouldn't shut up about them. That's true. Yep. That's very true. So, and and I never you, uh oh sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say I I I don't never mind it when someone does it on a song on a record. To me, it's more blatant when it's like, oh, this whole record is a ripoff of this other band or this other record or this other style. But you know, to have one song in the middle of the record that's not a single, that's kind of a, an homage or in this case, swagger jacked version of the song. <laughs> um I don't mind that as much. Like I, I really don't. And I, I feel like it happens with a lot of the bands we talk about on this show is like, they've got a song on there. That's clearly like the, you just, you just didn't even try to not pretend that you weren't influenced by this band. And I almost respect it a little bit better than saying like, Oh no, we're totally unique and not like anyone else. I actually kind of appreciate it. So it doesn't bother me that much. I, I kind of like the song. I think it's pretty good. It's a very common thing too, for young artists to kind of accidentally do this. I, 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 I don't I know think, that's not what we're talking yeah. about here, but, but um I think, uh, you know, Olivia Rodrigo, Rodrigo recently was in the news because like that, that sounded like, par- it sounded like the Paramore song, like right yeah. on oh, the money. No, it was but more I than think- that. It was like, it was like five artists from this time period. Oh and, no. Yeah. Well, and, and Elvis Costello, but a lot of the artists like came to her defense. It was like, yeah, this happens sometimes when you're writing a song. Like yeah. it, it, you know, it, it uh, I don't know, man, I, I have no idea what Mike Ness thought of this, but I, I think, uh, um, I have to think that some, yeah. there, there had to be some part of it. I was like, I guess it's kind of cool. No, I, I'd like, be into it. The, trying to do my thing. The Rodrigo thing that bothers me is that like uh, Misery Business was a gigantic single. Like we all know right. your song. Right. Just Ball and like Chain the, wasn't like top 40 <laughs> single. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. yeah. You're and exactly so right. I, I think that's kind of the yeah. difference there. Okay. Let's go to uh, The Young and the Hopeless. Okay, I've got a weird question about this song, and mm-hmm. um, we barely heard it on that clip. I should have I should have adjusted the clip a little bit. Okay, that harmony that's low. First of all, we don't get a lot of low harmonies on this record, so it stands out a little bit. Second of all, am I crazy for thinking it sounds like the lead singer of Smash Mouth? Steve Harwell. <laughs> it sounds just like the singer from Smash Mouth. I'm not. Hold on. I can't. I can't cue up. You the know, clip. Eric Valentine produced a Smash Mouth. Record, he did. Right? He two of them. So <laughs> okay. I could not find it on all music. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, I am convinced that that is the dude from Smash, Smash Mouth singing the background vocals on this song because he had produced two Smash Mouth records before this record. He obviously knows them. Uh, they're doing this in California. I'm pretty sure that's where they're from. I just I and it could just be Benji singing low. I don't know because he sings high everywhere else on this record. But that listen to it again sometime. Like go back to that <laughs> chorus and listen to that low thing. I can't cue up the end of the clip. Um, 
but listen to it again because it, it is a little bit. It sounds like the guy from Smash Mouth. Maybe it's not, but anyway, uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this track? So I actually think this is a fantastic song. I think I think it's I think the music is great. I think the lyrics are they they're great in comparison uh, to the other stuff. And I actually really like that that clip that you played there. Uh, I think Chris, you picked it out. Great job, dude. Uh, I I like that you. He digs in, you know, you hear the grit in his voice and like they they don't hide the backstory of like being picked on and things like that. And so like you feel the emotion in his voice in, in, in that part of the song. Uh, and I, I like the lyrics to the song. I, I think it's a jam. Chris, thoughts? Man, that was that kind of left me. I was going to make fun of like one of the lyrics and now I feel bad. <laughs> No, uh, please make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, just the whole premise of a of a trust fund kid coming up to him on the street telling him what punk is. I just, hey, I, you're I, don't not know. Punk. I was like, I, I, I just like pictured like walk, you know, walking down the street, you know, like, hey, aren't you that kid from that band? You don't know what punk is. I don't know that 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 part <laughs> I thought was kind of dumb. Uh, that one lyric, but uh, it, it's um, that that harmony though on that. It is really interesting. And now I will never be able to unhear. Was it Steve Harwell? Yeah. Yeah. Singing along. I, I pray that that's true. It's gotta be true. It's gotta be. Here's, right? the, here's the thing. Good I Charlotte. thought that I started researching it. That's when I figured out Valentine did those smash mouth records. And I was just like, okay, I'm really starting to think this might've happened. It wasn't in reverse order of finding that out. I would love to know it, but it really, it is hard to figure out. Uh, Cause like all music only lists like Benji and Joel as composers, which is obviously right. not true. I mean, you know, they played guitar and sang vocals and all sorts of stuff on it and background vocals. And so, uh, I'm, I, I feel like it could be, I mean, it's not a stretch and, uh, that would be the weirdest cameo background vocal <laughs> like ever, but, uh, okay, let's go. To, uh, oh yeah. I didn't really talk about, it, I guess. I mean, I like it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with oh, you, Kyle. Actually... Like, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I did find something I, I just wanted to to share with you guys. It's a quote from Steve Harwell saying um, that that good Charlotte sucks. Oh really? <laughs> no. I'm just okay. Oh, I'm just laughing at the like, Smash mouth ripping on good Charlotte. It the could happen. Pot calling the kettle black. Could yeah. be. Uh, no, I think it's a pretty. I think it's a decent song. I'm with you, Kyle. I think it's uh, it's yeah. pretty good. Um, and uh, here we go to track 13, Emotionless. It's been a long, hard road without you by my side. Why weren't you there on the nights that we cried? You broke my mother's heart, you broke your children for life. It's not okay, but we're all right. I remember the days you were a hero in my eyes. But those are just a long, lost memory of mine. Now I'm writing just to let you know I'm still alive. Yeah, I'm still alive inside. It's not good, Bob. <laughs> Kyle, uh, I mean, I get to put in the, this song as the second to last track, but I mean, you are losing me in. Oh. Anyway, what are your thoughts? It's a real bad one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
it's it's a real bad one. The way that you guys <laughs> felt about the one earlier, this is how I feel about this one. And actually, I feel so bad because <laughs> because of the lyrics to this one. It's that same move. He does. He, he pulls those heartstrings. You and, feel bad and, for him. And what's what's crazy is I actually so there's a part of me that has to applaud them because it's like, hey, we're gonna talk about how much our dad was a deadbeat and left us and left our mom. When we were kids, we're going to mention on it on Christmas like, Eve. Oh, we're going to listen. We're going to listen like a hundred times on this record, and then on almost the last song, I'm going to sing about it again. But at the end of it, I'm going to say, I'm going to admit that I miss him, and like I know, I know that for the people that that hit, <laughs> it probably hit hard. But this song is embarrassing for me. Like it, it's yes. it's cringy, dude. It, it is cringy. So bad. It is cringy. God. It's it's cringy bad. I um, agree. It is cringy bad, and it is like it does. It almost does a disservice to if you had this experience. That's how bad it is. It is it is terrible. It is Charles Barkley terrible gift. Terrible. It is bad. Okay. <sighs> I'm with you, Kyle. It's bad. Kyle, and also, oh, I, I feel really bad for saying that. Just, I feel bad for saying that because, like, I, I believe them that their dad left. I them, do, um, and it had an impact. Told me so many times, and it impacted them. It, it, it's it's not good. It's real bad. Do you think there's any chance? This is total speculation. Do you think there's any chance it like, um, it had to have impacted them majorly or, but I mean, I also wonder if it's like, was it the thing that they just thought, Oh, well, this is the thing about our story that we have to keep writing about. Like, do you think it was a, I hope not. I don't know either. But, I feel like it's probably it's more mentioned your, a lot. I feel like it's maybe you more. At the, at, yeah. Even, I mean, it was just mentioned in the last song. It like was, the, they, they just throw it in there too. Like, it's like, we're talking about other stuff. Oh, I'm angry at my father. Like, it's like this one random lyric in the chorus of yeah. young and helpless. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just, ugh. It, it is not good. And it really, it really um, kills any momentum this album had going. Like, yeah. it just murders it. In the it. dirt, yeah. Um, well, and I felt like they were on an in, incline. And spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I feel like they, I actually feel like the last song is perfectly fine. Yep. The, yeah. This ends is, well. This is this this just bums me out. It will I mean, even if I even if I liked it, even if I didn't think that it was bad, it would still bum me out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's just awkward. I I feel and also like um okay, I know that probably all of our all of our friends who listen to this at at home may not have had this experience, but the closest thing I can relate it to is is being a kid and sitting in church and listening to someone go up and sing something on like a like a like a open mic type night and like they're singing they're singing a song to god and like and like they mean it with all their heart but but it's not that doesn't make it good and like the whole room feels that what we're we're talking about now about this song and where it's like well, they they sure put it a lot into that, you know. Like it feels again <laughs> yeah. like the coffee shop, like the bad guy at the coffee shop, or the high school talent show with the guy on the stool strumming the guitar. I mean, picture the guitar being strummed yeah. worse than it is. Like it's very clean and sounds pretty. Imagine it just being like the whole time, yeah. And then these, and it's just bad. And you'd be like, 
is this song ever going to end? Um, if you were watching someone sing this live, cause you'd just be like, it's so uncomfortable. I can't imagine. So it's a terrible song. Uh, Chris, would you say it's a terrible song? It's the best song on the record. You guys are both wrong. <laughs> we're not going to get a crap sandwich out of you for this one. I mean, it's, it's it, it's almost so bad that I but you can't I can't say you it can't say I can't that. make my mouth say the words because all I can picture them. yes because all I can picture is, is like him coming off stage like hey what'd you think of the song and I'd be like oh man was that did your dad really leave you like that is that what that's about yeah you'd feel bad man, and you that, really you could tell that you wrote about that Kyle I think <laughs> Kyle I think that's where you're right is that I think no one had the balls to tell them you you can't how could do this. you you can't you can't how could you? I mean, I keep thinking about being in the studio at the time and like trying to be like, I'd have found a way. Well, maybe like, you know, dude, I think it's so personal that you should like, you shouldn't share it. You know, like, I, I don't know, but like it's, ooh. yeah. Or it's dude, maybe going to do a Japanese import, man. B side. Or maybe four songs about this your dad is, is too much on this record. I don't know. And you I know. You, oh, this, there's more than four. Well, and also, also, <laughs> also, also, it's like, Another thing I can compare it to is like when you were <laughs> when you spent the night with your friend and their parents started yelling at them oh, while God. you were, while you were around. Like that's how I feel when I'm listening to this song. Like I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> not supposed that is the to most perfect thing you've ever said, Kyle, about a song. Like this song just feels like you're in the room, or like their parents are fighting in the other room, and he's yes. just like acting like it's like oh, this, it's this fine. Just, this is what happens, man. Yeah, just turn up the music. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be hearing this. Oh, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> just Homer Simpson into, into the bushes. <laughs> yeah, disappear. Okay, let's go to the final track. This is a long album, actually. I mean, as far as it's got 14 tracks, and kudos to them. I've never written uh, anything with 10 tracks on it that none of the tracks had been released on a previous thing. <laughs> Does that make sense? So yeah. Hey man, they only got paid for, t- they only got paid you for only 10. Get paid They're for showing 10. off. So uh, good job filling it with 14. Kudos. I'm going to, that's my positive move. So here's track 14 moving on. I extended your clip a little bit because I wanted to get a little bit more of that bridge because uh, I like it. But what are, what are your thoughts on moving on? I affectionately call this song, due to the subject matter leading up to it, Baba O'Whiny because of the... <laughs> <laughs> because of the chords at the end. By the way, in case you, in case you don't know, because that reference is weird. Uh, Bob O'Reilly, which most people think uh, is called Teenage Wasteland by The Who. Uh, oh, sorry. Uses yes. those ghosts. But it is called Bob O'Reilly. And Bob O'Whiny is a great, um, that's a great subtitle, like parenthetical title for this. <laughs> I say that as a huge freaking fan of this song. This is one of my mm. favorite songs of the decade. Uh, it's an amazing song. I'm a huge fan of MMXPX. Kyle is too. Um, it's got some Destroyed by You vibes too. The, the harmonies on the lyrics, it sound, it always reminded me of that song. And, and I always thought it was kind of homage because these guys 
were huge MXPX fans. Yeah. Um, shouting the words and the slogans, and it man, that's how you end a freaking record, boys. They that great ending track, great. Kyle. That's all I have to say about that. Kyle, what are they, your thoughts they, on it? They nailed the landing. It is such a good song. It maybe the maybe lyrically their best song on the record. I'm going to go out and the, say it's the best song on the record. Period. I think it's. I mean, great. It's it's a great song, dude. If you don't feel him when he says the uh, some friends become enemies, some friends become your family. Make the best with what you're given. This ain't dying. This is living, dude. If you don't feel that, it's cool. It's it awesome, cool. and it's, it's not. Song. He didn't make the lyrics. Aren't just like um, they're not like it's not like oh my gosh, someone else wrote these. They're so beautiful, but it's like he, he figured out like I don't know. It's not. He just they did it right on this one. Like the lyrics do, are good do you enough. Know what I think it is and they're fun. I I think that on the so- on the other songs, in particular the ones that we picked on pretty hard. I think it's obvious that they sat down to write a song about X. Yes. Like, let's let's write a yep. song about a guy killing a, a dude. And let's write works. a song about a about a sassy riot girl. And like they just wrote a great song here. You yeah. know what I mean? I think you're right. And and I think that's a that's such a good description of I I think you're right of what happened. It was like what was this song going to be about? And they almost start from that premise and that, that works for some people like that. If you're mm. a good storyteller, that works really well. Um, and, and you hear people do that all the time where they're like, well, I saw this movie and I just wanted to write a movie from the perspective or a song from the perspective of this person or whatever. Like that's an interesting way to write songs. I'm not very good at it personally, but, um, uh, but so much of this feels like that's happening, but it's not, it's not their forte and it'd be better if they just wrote a lyric and then figured out, okay, what's the song based on this lyric that I keep singing um, and go from there or something. Cause this one works really well and it, and it's kind of shockingly well. I mean, when I, again, I'd never heard this song before today. Um, and I was like, I mean, this is the best thing on the record. It's really good. It ends the record really well. Um, it's not just good for an ending track either. Like it's a good song and I'm going, yeah, this is what I want to hear. Like if I would have heard this first, I probably would have been all in, but uh, it's the last track on the record and the bridge is great. I love the bridge on this. It's a really cool combination of a good, well-written bridge. And then all the vocals are awesome. Like so many different things going on. I love the dual vocal thing. It's just, it's, it's the, to me, it's the got the best lyrics. It's got the best melodies. It's got the best bridge, best like stacked vocals, chord progression. Even their chord mm-hmm. progressions are pretty boring for most of this record. It is a lot of three chord stuff, and really, you can tell Valentine's doing all the candy to make it work. Yeah, uh, this one actually has some pretty cool um, progressions to it. I like it. I I just I'm bummed that they didn't do more of this. They didn't tap into. They didn't that. tap into this uh, enough. You- the the thing uh, to me like that defines a great last track track on a record is it makes you want to want to hit play again and like that that's right this song does that yeah so. absolutely I agree and um yeah so that's track by track let's go to lasting impressions Chris Monier does it hold up in some ways it does in some ways it doesn't uh, you know we've 
talked at nauseum about the lyrics. I don't want to. I don't want to ring that bell again. But the the um, production really still sounds pretty good. That sounds great. I mean, it's 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 if you if there was some like pop punk band that was like, hey, we want to make a pop punk record and sound like all the cool bands did in two thousand three, and and I, it would be hard, I think, with with a really good producer to make it sound this good even today unless you just got eric valentine you're like hey i just want to do again what you did with uh you know good charlotte and all american rejects back in the early 2000s so yeah um yeah so it it for for that for the production value it holds up kyle where are you at i I, i'm with my birthday buddy in that like honestly most of my negative feelings about this record are almost like resentment of like growing up and kind of listening to it with different ears. Like I think, I think, I think the production absolutely holds up and, and you, even though I don't think that the lyrics do in some cases, I think that like, it's still a great sounding record. They sound so good when they sing together. Uh, the the orchestra playing on the whole record um i would say i would say that in a lot of ways it does still hold up um it just doesn't as far as content for me i'm in a weird spot because like i said i I was not a huge good charlotte fan (laughs) does it listen to it today does it hold up like you're i mean it it's dated for sure like it it has a 2002 time stamp on it and um and you can't get away from that um lyrically and yeah. and even though the production's really good, it definitely has like it sounds like two thousand three for sure. That's not a bad, it's mm-hmm. not a jab, but I mean that's what it sounds like. Um, or two thousand two. Um, uh, I think it's like most of the teenage kind of pop punk, you know, the stuff that was targeted towards a younger demographic. You know, I don't Blink One Two felt like more like for high schoolers, and this feels like more for middle schoolers. <laughs> is that fair i mean and i don't think that one's uh, no, worse really than the other it, it just like i'm not saying that's your demo that's your demo it's Blue all right two's not leaps and bounds more mature than they are with take off your pants and jacket that came out the year before this but their their demographics like high school seniors and guys maybe guys early in college and this just feels more like the demos in middle school and so it's just hard for me to i i listen to this um you know something like 28 years removed from being in middle school. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it just doesn't work. Um, is it there? Okay. Well, here's another thing. So we did bad review, good review earlier. Here's where I think, here's the fair review that I think sums it up for me. Uh, it's from Rolling Stone. Greg Knott or caught, uh, said the group was much more persuasive when they let their vulnerability crack through the surface of these slightly overbaked songs in which elaborate production touches mask the band's three chord limitations. I think that's kind of fair. I think that Valentine kind of batted out of the park what they're, I don't think they're like amazing songwriters. I don't think they're super creative, um, you know, musicians. They're good. They're, they're fine, but I do I do think Valentine kind of polished it. And I think that's probably what made me not attracted to it was that it felt like a felt like a produced thing. Um, and I like production, but it feels like here's my question: Did they pull this off live when you saw them? 
Like, oh yeah, was it good? They, actually, okay. the, the, that's they the, were a pretty good well, live band. Okay, yeah. dude, that that's that's the thing that was crazy because like I remember all of us at that MXPX show were like, "Who is this band?" Right, and, and I yeah. think a lot of it had to do with the harmonies. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That can so. be very impressive because um, that's not something and this you get before a lot these live. songs. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. That's before this record. Okay, to, so I, I've never seen them live. They, it, I would have assumed they were not good live, and this was all production. But I, no, I check this out is a um, live. Having no idea. Yeah, Google their performance on Letterman. I think I, even Letterman was like, okay, like kind of weirded out by by them, but also like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember him like go, going over to them, which he didn't always do, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Check it out. Oh, I think I have seen that clip because I think I've seen it in the supercut of Dave asking people what uh, if the drums are theirs or their rentals. That's what he always asked when he went over <laughs> to the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a. Su- I'll put it in the, uh, in the show notes uh, for for that because um, that's that's a that's a it's a great one. Uh, yeah, if Dave came over to you, that was my dream to play Dave Letterman back in the day. I'm sad that uh, never happened. That's definitely something that uh, I would have loved to do. Um, super jealous of them. Uh, is it their best album, fellas? Either one of you have an opinion on that? Did you listen to a lot of the rest of the catalog or? So I, I went for a little bit. I actually, I actually don't think it's their best. I mean, it's their, it's their, you know, their best sounding probably, or well, uh, I can't even say that cause I, I haven't listened to like the more recent stuff, but like, I actually really, really like their debut. Um, it, it's like, like I was saying at that show, everyone was kind of dumbfounded by like what we were seeing. these group of dudes that no one had heard of at the time and they were harmonizing so perfectly and they kind I mean, honestly for an opening act, they kind of stole the show that night. It was, it was crazy. And so uh, for me that my favorite record is their first one. And I'd be lying if I didn't say a lot of that had to do with nostalgia, but it's, it's still like it, it kind of uh, encapsulates uh, everything that kind of impressed me about them the first time I saw them. Yeah, Chris, uh, you. I, 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 it's so funny you're talking about that show. So I helped load in that show because I knew the promoter, and what? even like MXPX's stage manager was like kind of making fun of them because they oh. had all their all the good Charlotte stuff was at the front of the truck, and it, and when it when it came out, it all had like stars spray painted on. It. I was like, "Yep, got to put stars on it. That's punk rock." <laughs> and I remember like kind of making fun of them, but um, I bought one of those wind. Remember they were all wearing their windbreakers, the good Charlotte oh, windbreakers. Yeah. I bought one because I was like, dude, these guys are really cool. Um, They did some interesting stuff after this. I was never like like a huge, huge fan of the first record. I I think this is their best record. Um, That's just my personal opinion. I've listened to none of the rest of them, so I can't have an opinion. But it was certainly, uh, I will give the opinion on the next one. Is it their most important album? I will say emphatically, yes, it was. (laughs) It's hard to dispute that. Singles were everywhere. Uh, You were not escaping them in 2002, 2003. So... Uh, you guys agree, I assume, uh, that they did not have a more important album than this one? No, there's no way. Yes, this was a gigantic record. Okay, awards then. Uh, Desert Island Songs, two or three of your favorites. Chris Monier, you're going first. Anthem, Day That I Die. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and moving I've got on. no problem with that. <laughs> How dare you? I know. <laughs> I've got no problem with those. Kyle, where are you at? I'm, I know one of those isn't going to be on your list, but... Uh, I'm probably going to go moving on anthem and 
I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do, uh, wondering. I think that's just kind of a fun song. And also that because I know it's about his dog, I, you know, I'm, I'm a dog guy. Uh, I think I'm definitely moving on. That track is awesome. Um, it's fire. It's fire. Uh, for sure. You know, I, I think I'm going to go, this sounds weird. I think I'm going moving on. I think I'm going girls and boys because I like, I just like the style of the song. I, some of the lyrics are cringy and I don't like them, but I can forgive that. So I think I'm going those two. And then I think I'm going, um, I might go the day that I die too. I actually really like it, even though it's a total, <laughs> even though it's a total, uh, what do you say? Ape or, uh, yeah, it's an swagger, ape. Jack. swagger Jack. Yeah. I think that's fair, but I do. I, it's a good song. I like it. And it doesn't have anything other than that. That just like makes me want to roll my eyes. If that makes sense. Um, what about nobody's perfect? What's the worst song on this record? Kyle, oh, come on, go ahead. Ask me, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's till the day that I okay. die. <laughs> hey, has this happened before that one of us had it as their desert no. islands and someone else no. had it as the worst? No, I don't think it has. No. That's um, good. Good Charlotte did that to us. Good guys. Charlotte did that to us. <laughs> what a polarizing band. Who knew? Uh, Chris, do you have a? They um, make wake. Do you have a nobody's perfect? I don't know how you could not pick emotionless, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, day that I die is oh oh you know that what song is you know so what? bad you know what it's because I had blocked out emotionless it, it is emotionless it's just like a just the, the because, tape just goes but you you lose time like Edward I mean, Norton and they even just I just even just the awkward feeling like even if it was a if it was a great song somehow yeah I don't want I don't I it's too personal I don't want to hear that song yeah that's the one sorry. I no no I, stick with your guns, man. Stick no with your guns. no no. I I um I take back what I said. You know how we normally you know how normally at the end of every episode I'm like, gosh, it's so hard to pick two or three of my favorite songs. Uh, this one's it's hard to pick one or two or three of my least favorite songs. <laughs> um, and really, I want to go back and say that like for the most part, this record pleasantly surprised me. But it's 14 tracks long. And the story of my old man, say anything, and emotionless are turd. They're terrible. They they don't need to be on there. We would still have an eleven. We think of how much better this yeah. would be as an eleven song album if you got rid of those three songs. I think it would. Yeah. It would. Not, I would not be dogging on as much. I'd still be making fun of some of the lyrics, but those are the three things that are like really dragging this whole thing down, like a boat anchor. Yep. And. Um, it doesn't help that they're peppered throughout the record too. If it was the, if they put them all next to each other, I could at least just skip past them and be done with it. But I mean, one of them's track little four. disgusting landmines that you just land on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another first for me. I've never had three, um, you know, nobody's perfect on a record. Uh, we've had some, some bad ones, but I think you get rid of those three songs. This record's quite a bit better. It's maybe selling six million. Well, I don't think this. I don't think it. Uh, none of those were singles or anything, so I don't think it affected the sales at all. But it certainly, man, it definitely gives a bad taste in my mouth. Okay, what about growing out a show? Or Kyle, you mentioned say anything. Is that the one that you mentioned? Was your growing? Yeah, yeah, but but like, um, but also, it's not showing a lot. But also, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's growing not. a little, it's, but not showing. It's just growing. It's not impressive. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, Chris, do you have one? Growing out of short, that's an interesting one. I didn't think about this question. Um, gosh, I know it's gonna sound weird because we talk about such a great song, but I, I I don't think on my first listen I I quite caught how amazing "Moving On" was. Uh, "Moving On," sorry, I didn't mean to add the G there. Just like uh, Billy Joel, but uh, yeah, it, it it was. Uh, I I I think I just I, I you know I, I bet you a hundred bucks I didn't list the whole thing. 14 songs i probably just yeah. switched cds it was probably like yeah it was probably just like i got to emotionless i was like you know what i'm good i'm gonna go i'm gonna pull over go to the back of the car open the trunk pull out the six disc changer put a new disc in um but it was only listening to it like on a day where i was working and i was like trying to you know get just get get through my day that i that, that one kind of snuck up on me very pleasant surprise yeah, I mean, I only just listened to the album entirely for the first time, so I don't have one for sure. It wouldn't be fair for me to pick one, but but like I said, I was more pleasantly surprised with the album for the most part than I thought I would be. Uh, do y'all have any more parting thoughts on this album? I'm, I we went long, we go longer on the ones we talk crap on than we do the ones we love. Have you noticed that? So sorry that we kept you for like almost two hours on this episode, but we had a lot to say about this good Charlotte re- uh, record, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to I say gar- about it. <laughs> I guarantee you, we've we've we pissed someone off. I'm sure we have. So this is a great one. <laughs> at, at least Benji and Joel Madden. I don't think they're listening. Hopefully, to someone this. important. Yeah. Um, Cameron Diaz is listening right now and pissed. She's super pissed. She is pissed. Um, but she's loving her husband. Understandably, she should fight for her guy for sure. Uh, yeah. So if you want to, if you disagree with us, if you want to leave comments, uh, you can do so on on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, any of those kind of things. We, we're happy to chat about it. Uh, you can tell us where we're wrong. All of them are at Finding Emo Pod, or you can email us at info at Finding Emo Pod. Again, go to the website, uh, sign up for our email list in case uh, you want to hear from us. If you're liking uh, listening to the podcast, we uh, are thankful that you're here and listening. And you can go subscribe uh, to our podcast, or you can also rate it on iTunes. That helps us out. Um, that's how we get this in front of more people because we'd love to, you know, uh, have people enjoying it if they are nostalgic for 2000 music. So tell your friends and stuff. Uh, That's it for us. We will catch you next time.